0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome, Bob. How you doing? Hey,
1: PG. How about you?
0: I am doing awesome. So uh, you're starting to become kind of a big deal here in the MSP space.
1: Do you watch cops? Because that's usually where people see me before.
0: Yeah, this is going to be great, man. You and I are both just sarcastic jokes. Jokes every other line we say. This is going to be perfect.
1: Or we will never speak of this again. <laughs> All right. Well,
0: somebody will, because somebody might watch this. I. Uh, there you go. I'm told that sometimes people watch my YouTube. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Go ahead. So, so Bob, you are in uh, Hudson, Ohio. Is that correct?
1: Well, actually we used to be in Hudson. Now we're in Stowe, which is literally a mile and a half South. So yes. but we're, we're basically right between Cleveland and Ohio.
0: So, so the interesting thing is I had an office, uh, when my MSP was, was like really my, my focus, I had an office in Cuyahoga falls. We were, we were frenemies. We were competitors.
1: The the term I like to use is coopetition. I like that. Because in certain circumstances, you'll have two organizations that will compete in a healthy way, in an appropriate way. I hate you entirely. Um, And then in other cases, it's you'll cooperate because you find a way to work, you know, to put some synergy together and make Mm -hmm. it happen. And I first heard that from uh, Philippe Kahn, who is the CEO of Borland. I'm dating myself back in the 90s, uh, and he was talking about how they worked with Microsoft. Now, of course, Barland is pretty much trash and burned, in Microsoft not so much. So it shows you how well the strategy worked. Well, you know, these
0: things happen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I remember one of your sales guys, he played guitar. Maybe it was a, a gym. I think he's retired
1: now, too. Yeah, John. John, John has-
0: that's what it is, John. Yep. Uh, he, uh, he ended up giving me a referral to somebody that – just wasn't gonna meet your um your your mold so to speak yeah. and uh and and I thought to myself well I mean these guys are are just wimps you know there's they're sissies they're not gonna they're not gonna take this company and mold them they just want somebody that already fits it. So I took them on and uh they were a client of mine for like three or four years, maybe longer. I don't know. Time flies yeah, when you're about that. having fun. And uh <laughs> And I I finally said, all right, look, uh, I'm not going to make, you know, $9 a month selling you antivirus and drop everything I'm doing because you want as needed support anymore. They just didn't get it because they had a controller who thought he knew everything he needed to know. And then like the owner's son was you know, mid thirties, like maybe around my age. So, so they've got people that are like tech savvy and and they know enough to be dangerous, but that's the problem is it's dangerous. Right. And I I finally said, if, if you want to work with me, you know, here's, here's my rates for us to keep moving forward. And I, I gave them some MSP rates and uh, they, they were shocked that what they were spending with me, you know, maybe every two or three years is what I wanted every month. And they, they went and found somebody else (laughs) and bless their heart. Um,
1: Have nothing but the best for all of them in their road away from us. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, so that's, uh, that's, that's my story of how I know Bob, everyone. Uh, And Bob's like, who's this guy? Because you know, I was I I ran run whatever a, a smaller MSP, and I've since I've shut down that office. I moved to Medina, so I'm in a different county as you now. Uh, last night, I don't know what weather was like for you, but there was a, a tornado touchdown in Brunswick. South oh, Carpenter dude. is really, I mean, there's trees down. There's Medina Square. There's debris all over. Uh, there's there's about 90,000 people without power right now in Medina County that I'm aware of, uh, First Energy made a statement. So thankfully, I have power. My, my friends that are on the other side of uh, Route 57 don't have power. And and there's all kinds of like the Summa Hospital, you know, the, uh-huh. it's a little, little place. I don't know if you've heard of it. They don't have power in the building so like all the all the like doctors offices uh physical therapy offices like they're all closed the hospital itself is running on its generator but they don't let the the suites that are rented out to like non non hospital stuff they don't let those run off generator
1: and you hate to say this which means i'm going to oh of course but you almost are like well thank god it's a good old fashioned natural weather disaster You know, there's no infection, there's no testing, there's no social distancing. There's just trees down and power loss and all that. Oh, the good old days.
0: Yeah, but you know, this last night, as uh, the tornado sirens going off, and I and I woke my and I and I woke the kids up at eleven (laughs) forty, and we all huddled in the bathroom while we wait for the the weather. Let's together.
1: Yeah. That was a six-foot distance. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm, obviously, I'm kidding. I'm glad to hear, to hear you're all right <laughs> and all that. And we got – so that was basically – for those of you who are not in Ohio or not from Ohio, um, we get a little bit of everything. It doesn't matter what it is. We've got – we're not flat, we don't have mountains, we have hills, we don't have oceans, we have lakes, we don't have this, we don't have that. But we've got a little bit of everything, and that include we get some really great tornado weather uh, that will come through, but not a yeah. lot of it. Well, and, and that's,
0: that's the interesting thing, because, you know, with, with our tornado weather...
1: You just went off sound.
0: Yeah, I'm yelling at my daughter. The joys uh, of working from home. Uh-huh. How old? So so my daughter, she likes to go uh, cause mischief whenever I get onto these podcast recordings. And my wife is outside. Uh So she's not even aware that it's 12 and that we're doing this to know. In fact, you should just go get her and let her know for me, please, that it's it's noon. I'm recording. Uh, You're a pain in my ass. I love you.
1: How sorry for oh.
0: sorry for making lunch so I don't pester you to make it for me. She's 14. 14. Oh, uh, She's 14, going on 30 <laughs> and five all at once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and the thing is, they will choose which one it is.
0: Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay? Now, Absolutely.
1: I, I outsourced my kids. Okay. You outsourced your kids. I outsourced kids? my kids. It seemed like the thing to do. Uh my wife and I met uh and she had three daughters, the youngest of which oh. was 14 at the time, and I had two cats, and I, I thought to... it was I thought it was an even trade, and this is back in 2000, uh, mm-hmm. give or take. And uh, the cats are now dead, oh, uh, but I I'm still sorry. have the three daughters, and I've got three daughters and six grandkids. Wow, oh, good for you, man! I tell you, it is, and they're they're my daughters. I love them, all of that kind of thing, and, and but it's it's one of those where I got dumped into the deep end because uh, I went from, you know, two cats to, to the whole kid thing. And man, does your brain get rewired?
0: It certainly does. So um, um, we, we adopted, uh, we were, we were foster parents. So we, we got thrown into the deep end too. She was nine or eight. One of the, I don't know. She was, she was not little, like, we we didn't get her when she was an infant. She was uh-huh. she was already, you know, in fourth grade when she moved in with us. And uh it has definitely been a roller coaster, but we wouldn't change anything for the
1: world. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and mine was 14, 17, and 20. You know uh and and now my my oldest grandson uh is i'll say finishing up i'm not quite sure what the status is uh his first year in college uh down to grandson
0: finishing college
1: finished his first year freshman year wow Uh, down to my youngest uh granddaughter is is two and a half going on 30.
0: oh boy you know i gotta say you don't look that old bob yeah,
1: <laughs> well, and, and my wife gets that a lot more than I do, and it's funny that my wife is a bit younger than I am. Okay, and uh, yeah, we get that, and it's and it's funny uh, because you know you really do. There is a ridiculous transition, especially when you get dumped into the deep end. You know, whether it be from a foster parent standpoint or or from a outsourcing, as I call it, standpoint, and, and it's just interesting. And and I'm going to switch over to business now. Yes. Yeah. And it's very it's very similar to going from a a technician in a business to being the owner of a business yep. your mind absolutely gets rewired
0: it's it's so true because <clears throat> i remembered when um i was working for an it company out of akron and uh i kept thinking to myself man this guy's an idiot you know, thinking about the owner, this oh, guy's cool. an idiot, you know, why, why am I using a six-year-old Dell Latitude, or, no, he had us using, they weren't even Lenovo's, they were IBM Thinkpads, uh-huh. and this was back in 2009 when Lenovo had already started making them, you know, um, and they were like the T4, 40 or t what, whatever like the, it was just really old okay yeah like it was a 2004 laptop we're using in 2000 and 2008 and i'm like man this guy just needs to spend a few thousand dollars and get us some laptops it's not so realizing easy. not you know because i just assumed that this guy's got you know tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars just laying around in a bank yeah. account um Little did I know. Employees are
1: expensive. I know, and they're really annoying. And and the same thing's true with kids who are thinking that you've got, you know, X number of dollars or X amount of time to go take care of whatever their need is. And then when they get it because we love it uh, when our kids start complaining about their kids. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah. And we, we actually give our grandkids advice on how to really screw with their parents.
0: Oh, see, I, I don't know if I could do that. I, I don't think my, so my mom lives down in Texas. So she, she doesn't really get to see them. Mm-hmm. But my, my mother-in-law, I actually like my mother-in-law, which is a crazy thing to say, I know. But uh, she, she and her husband spoil Their grandkids, like they're so, they're so excited to have grandkids. They moved back up from Myrtle Beach uh, a year ish ago, so they moved here just because they wanted to be near the grandkids.
1: Oh, absolutely, and they were. And we want to see we want to see the grandkids we want to play with them we want to you know whatever muck with their brains all that kind of thing but we also want them to traumatize their parents our children in retaliation because that's just a rite of passage and that's what we want to have happen so it's it's whether or not you know it whenever your kids act up they're acting up on advice of your parents
0: I don't like it I don't like it at all Yeah
1: suck it up sunshine
0: I don't think we're going to be friends bob
1: that's okay. I don't, it's, it's a very exclusive club. And as soon as I end up with a member in that Brendan Bob club, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but it, is, it is interesting. And, and, and I went through the same experience with you as far as, um, and I came from a different perspective in the sense that I, I did IT management. I was CIO, all that kind of fun stuff. And then I went out and, and started doing the consulting thing as a one-man shop. Uh, and then started uh, Simplex IT, the MSP, in 2007. But I remember I was at a, a client site uh, that I was there uh, on request of another consultant. They had a real bad uh, exchange problem. They couldn't figure it out. So they asked me to come out and take a look. And the owner of the IT consulting firm, I don't think they were a managed service provider. This would have been about 2005. Uh, he met me there, and he was fuddling. He was trying to, to do some stuff to help me. And he was obviously having problems he, he was not an exchange guy and I remember thinking to myself what, how can he possibly own an IT consulting firm because he doesn't know the tech he's really fuddling. it's just that's ah, just so embarrassing I wish to God that I remembered that guy's name because I owe him and, and I didn't tell him probably came across but I didn't tell him I didn't say anything but how could you possibly own an IT firm and not be an absolute tech expert I owe that person such a ridiculous apology. Yeah, because you,
0: you start to realize all of the things you don't know. Because, you know, once once you've got 100 different companies you're supporting, you're going to realize they all don't use the exact
1: same thing. Well, and, and plus, you're going to stop doing it. Because you've got yeah. people who are going to be better than you at it. There is, and I kid you not, in our tech room, and we're about 16, 18 people, depending upon full-time, part-time, uh, and, and, and of them, about 12 are techs. Uh, and, and there is, on the, one of the whiteboards in the tech room, there is a little section reserved things Bob is not allowed to touch. And there's a list of things, and some of it's my handwriting, that, you know, don't get Bob involved in the tech stuff. He's, he's not as good as he thinks he is. That's phenomenal. And, and that's okay. I actually, I think that's great. Because I'm I'm working on the business instead of for the business, and, and that's the
0: thing. I I thought the exact same thing with with the owner of my place uh, when when I was employed. I remember, uh, you know, we're we're working on Windows Windows XP, and he's given us like Windows ninety eight advice. Yeah, I'm like, what? Please stop talking.
1: <laughs> now, see, from a cultural standpoint, and this is important. I make no bones about the fact that I should not be the one to give advice on things. So I will be able to come in and, and say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? And, but I'm, I'm basically the, when you guys are out of your smart stuff that you know because it's, have you thought about this? So I'm yeah. basically the out-of-the-box person, and, and, but they know if I'm being stupid, call me on it. Because I don't want to waste their time to think, oh, they have to listen to the boss. And I don't mm-hmm. want to waste my time thinking that I'm actually adding uh, value to the conversation when I'm not. My ego is a mile thick, you know, and there's nothing they can do to dent that
0: puppy. Well, that's that's good to know. Speaking of your ego, Bob, uh, you um, you wrote a book, didn't you? Three, three books? I
1: have three books. Um... You think I'd have them out? My third one just came out. I have, oh, where are they? they are. The first book I wrote was two years ago, three years ago, and that was uh, CEO, Survival Guide to Information Technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, then last year, we're doing a lot of work with co-managed IT. So I came out with the MSPs, Survival Guide to Co-Managed IT Services. And then finally last week, or week before, uh, my third one, I don't want your job, uh, is co-managed IT services the right fit for you.
0: That is amazing. Yep. I, so so can I, you hold up the first two books side by side for me? Yep. Okay. Because I, I, I say that because for some reason I thought they had the identical cover, just different words. But no, they, they are different.
1: They're they're just red.
0: They're they're just both red. That's the only.
1: Right, and it was one of those where we wanted the same kind of flavor. They're actually written for two totally different groups. The first one is uh, the CEO's guide. That's for us to give to a potential managed service client. Uh, And it's written specifically for the CEO that needs to understand IT but doesn't want to. And one of the problems that we've seen a lot uh, in the industry in general is our clients a lot of the CEOs want to abdicate the technology discussion. They to, They basically just. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I just want it to work. Uh, it shouldn't be this hard. Blah blah blah. And unfortunately, a lot of IT we we're so willing to take that on. You know where we shouldn't. It's, it's business questions, and so this basically tries to bridge that gap. So it's not written for a CEO who wants to be a geek. It's written for a CEO who doesn't want to be a geek but needs to understand stuff. So. Why, do we, why did I write this? I wrote this because it's hopefully a, a demonstration to a potential client that, no, we really do mean what we say when we wanna communicate stuff to you. We're not gonna be condescending, blah, blah, blah. The uh, co-manage, the co thing, we've had a lot of success uh, selling managed services and, and true managed services to an organization that already has an internal IT department and kind of partner with them. And so what made perfectly good sense to me for some stupid idiotic reason was, when we have this kind of real competitive advantage, hey, let's tell all competitors about how to do it. Idiot. Uh, so this is actually a guide for MSPs who want to become uh, more involved with co managed with co and companies like uh, Datto's really uh, bought hook, line, and sinker into it. Uh, so has uh, Sophos and some other vendors. And so this basically is A handbook on how to do it marketing uh, selling service and then I wrote the book I should have written before I wrote the second one this is actually for written for the internal IT person because the first question is we're looking to take their job because historically that's what managed services did so this really talks about the co-managed IT model and from that from the internal IT person's perspective and why we really aren't looking to take their job and it really is a partnership and cooperation thing
0: that is amazing so did you actually write these books or did you like hire someone
1: who do i talk
0: to to write a book for me
1: the quick answer is yes i wrote them Uh, Okay. now let's get to the caveat uh the the second two the second and the third book i wrote those completely from scratch by myself all that um the first one I actually hired a coach. And what the coach did was they had this program uh, where they would put you through this process and you would more or less write the book. And what you did was, what is a book? First of all, a book is who's your audience? You wanna have, you wanna write a book for the audience. Uh, And my audience is very clear. I want CEOs who don't wanna be geeks uh, and I wanna communicate to them what are the geek things, business things that they need to understand. Okay, cool, that's our concept. Then it comes down to what are 10 topics you want to communicate? Okay, top one, two, three, four, you know, security, backups, business continuity, uh, you know, infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now we have our chapters. And for each one of those chapters, what are four or five questions that you wanna answer as part of those chapters? Okay, here's questions. Now from that, that's a book. That's your book right there. And then what she did was she then interviewed the bejeebers out of me for hours with each of those chapters with follow-up questions and all that, and then transcribed that. And this is where it is kind of like a ghostwriter, but not really.
0: Whoops. It really was your words. Absolutely. It was just somebody helping you through the process and and they literally have a process that they took you through to turn your words into something that is readable and not
1: close close so i get this here's the first pass of the book isn't it wonderful and i read it it was crap (laughs) it was horrible and for two reasons one is there were sections where The person who was transcribing obviously didn't have a clue as to what it was I was trying, what I was saying, and totally reinvented it and all that kind of fun stuff, and it was absolutely horrible. The other half, the person absolutely got, 100% nailed what I was trying to say, and I was off my rocker. So I ended up with this book, and it was horrible. And so I said, I got to redo this. So I ended up, I took it. I ended up using maybe 10% of of the content from this and rewrote the whole bloody thing. And it took me about five or six months to do that. And so at the end of the day, I wrote this book, no question, no ifs, ands, or buts. I went through this process. I paid a lot of money for that process and I don't think I would have done it without going through it. So it's, it's one of those where, I, I'm I'm happy I went through the process. If I could do it over again, I probably would have done it differently. But
0: So you're happy you went through the process because maybe the process taught you something. Yeah. But the end result from the initial process was garbage.
1: Right, exactly. If if we tr- would have treated it as the end result, it, it would be horrible and, and awful and all that and you, kind of thing. And you, you try... <laughs> and you never would have written a book again. What's that? And you never would
0: have written a book again
1: absolutely absolutely I, I would have changed my name and, and all of that um, what I ended up with was was good now mm-hmm. uh, I then ended up I'm an Amazon bestseller for all three books which really tells you don't ever be don't ever get impressed by someone who tells you they're an Amazon bestseller
0: yeah, yeah. I've I've kind of learned that because I don't remember what it was maybe it was and <clears throat> I just want to say I I don't mean anything bad about this because I've got a lot of great things to say about them. So, I think Robin Robbins is doing some type of book writing thing where like they're letting ten or twenty m s p s get together, and they're going in like haveess, you know what I mean? like they're all thrown in to have a book written, so like each m s p gets to write like a chapter mm-hmm. of this book, and then. They're all listed as authors, which I'm confused by because like each you each get like, <clears throat> I think you get your own copy of the book that says like you're the author along with a couple other people that are doing it. And then like Robin Robbins is probably one of the authors too. And then, yeah. and then so each MSP, and I could be completely off with
1: this. It, it's um, approximate, and, and I'm a Robin Robin's fan. Okay, yeah. I'm a member of her club, and use it, and all of that, and, and work with her, and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and, and yeah, the 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 book program that you're talking about, and, and this gets into some of the nuances of some of this stuff. And, and and first of all, I've seen other marketing programs that take it much further than she does. Sure. Uh, and and I I want to be really really clear here: in no way, shape, or form am I accusing Robin of doing anything. She is a very very straight shooter. Okay.
0: Robin's awesome. Oh, she, she truly is. She she's done a lot for the MSP community. Uh, I think her program's fantastic. You should yep. sign up for it if you're not a member. I bet now is a great time to buy something like that too, because I hear they're uh, completely redoing all the content with with like fresh
1: stuff. So let let's finish up the book and then let's talk sure. about we'll talk about that for a second. Sure. Five eighty D. Sorry. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> um, squirrel so so essentially what's happening is when you think about uh when we think about presenting to a potential client one of the biggest things and this is a, a huge challenge i don't care what industry what service here whatever is what makes you different what makes you unique what's your value add what's your value proposition that proves that you're going to bring something to the table that's going to be different than the the other schmucks who are in the same room, basically saying, yes, we care about you as a customer. Yes, we're up to date. Yes, we, you know, know, who's not going to say that? And one of the things is the book, okay? Now, the way she's got it is that you may not have the resources to write an entire book, but you got the resources to write part of one. That's where you get into the whole chapter thing. And and you brought this up. I didn't, because I have no idea if we're supposed to share what Robin, you know, the, the secret sauce behind what Robin does or not. But for you to basically say you're an author, you're a contributor to this book still sets you up against someone who doesn't have any book whatsoever. Oh,
0: absolutely. You know? So but but the thing that I found interesting was they basically like they say they guarantee that you're gonna be an Amazon bestseller and this and that. So okay, let's
1: talk about that because I think that's that's funny. And 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 again, nothing against Robin or, or I don't think line. it takes much. Well, one, I can tell you it doesn't. So when we talk about bestseller the, the whole concept of bestseller based on from Amazon's definition is is when you publish a book on Amazon and again I'm talking about my experience okay sure. so when you publish a book you self-publish through basically Kindle and you then push it up to Amazon you're going to specify Uh, which subcategories, and I think you can basically get three, subcategories, category, subcategories, you know, business, business and technology, you know, whatever, that you're going to publish your book at. Now, each subcategory has two bestseller metrics. One is all-time bestseller. Guess what? I'm not an all-time bestseller in any of the categories. Okay. The other is newly published bestseller which takes a look at the sales metrics for a book that was recently published in that specific subcategory. Which means if you're in a subcategory that doesn't have a lot of traffic, you could be a bestseller. And what happens is, is they look at the sales, not in terms of number of units ordered, but number of orders placed over a short period of time. And that period of time I think is less than a day, but I'm not sure. So what happens is, if I go on, so I, I ran into this, because I cared about this for my first book, because I haven't put number one bestseller on it. I can't put Amazon logo on it, okay, because Amazon don't want you, doesn't want you to say that. So what you do is, I wanted my clients to have the copy of the book. So I was gonna buy, you know, 100, 150 copies and give them all the book. Well, that would count as one order, eek, not 150. And so, what what these folks tell you who help you publicize your book is they say go talk to all your family and friends. Well, we've already talked. I don't have any friends, um, <laughs> and my family aren't my friends either. So they're not. not nobody's going to buy my book if I ask them to, you know, say politely or whatever. Uh, but they want you to buy your book at a period of time. You decide, you decide when. So the idea was, and I went and I went out to my clients. And I, I kid you not, I sent them an email. And I, and I said, look, I'm trying to be an Amazon bestseller. I want you guys all to have the copy of the book. So here's what I'll do. If you buy the book on Wednesday morning from eight till noon, send me a copy of the receipt. I'll credit your company bill for 20 bucks, whatever the a little bit more than whatever the book will cost. Plus, I'll send you a Starbucks card for the same amount. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm basically paying people to buy the book and I'm paying a lot more than I would have paid if I just would have bought the damn thing. Now, but, what if, what if you would have placed 150 individual orders? It would, well, first of all, it, it, it I, I think it actually tracks based on the credit card and the like, so it still would have um. figured it out. Um, so anyway, but I got up like 40 people to buy the book. Okay. So I ended up paying like, at least double what I, well, if I would have bought the book, I would have bought it from Kindle for a lot less. Sure. So I ended up paying through the nose. I ended up being a bestseller and you have to watch, you have to go to the Amazon site and keep refreshing. They'll put up a little star and a logo that you're a bestseller. Then you have to screen capture it. That's the only way you're going to know if you're an Amazon bestseller. They don't keep track of it. They don't do anything.
0: Okay. Now, does that go away after a while? The Absolutely. star and the bestseller? Whenever
1: the next one becomes the bestseller. It never identifies your book. It identifies the bestsellers, which could include your book. So once you fall off the list, you're off the list. So I I
0: suspect, uh, because because Amazon is smart enough to do uh, very like granular categories, that you're also in categories that include guys like you know Carl Palachuk and. Yeah. So I, I suspect that he's probably like an all-time bestseller.
1: They don't get that like granular. That. They really only go, I think, two or three lo- levels. Oh, okay. So because they're not catering to the authors. They don't give a damn about us. You know, they're catering to the people who are buying, so they want to make it easier. They don't want to have a sub-sub-sub category that only has three books over the past four years because then it looks like they're not serving their customers.
0: That That makes absolute sense okay that makes absolute
1: sense. so for my second book i didn't care i did not care whatsoever if it was a bestseller or not so i told everybody hey it's again you know i was a bestseller as far as i could tell it took me 15 books so 15 really? books being sold over a period of a day or two i'm an amazon bestseller for my second book okay cool um my third book oh no i'm sorry it was seven it was seven books took seven books to be an Amazon bestseller.
0: Seven okay. books.
1: Seven. That really books.
0: tells you how many books aren't being
1: sold. Yeah. So then this book I came up with, I didn't even bother posting it. And I got Amazon bestseller. <laughs> I was the only one, and I bought just copies so I can give to potential clients. So that counted as one. And I was an Amazon bestseller on one of the categories. So when someone tells you they're an Amazon bestseller, and that's the only street cred that they're quoting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: take it for granted. And, and it's it's funny. It is, yeah. It, you know, it, it's it, it's just it's just funny. Now
0: so. was uh, was that? I'm not a member of Robin Robbins, so right. I'm just I just find it fast, fascinating and uh, to be perfectly honest, you know? So oh, yeah. I think for some reason, I, I'm under the impression that that program that that she did was also saying it would be a New York Times bestseller.
1: That one may be true. And, and, yeah, and she, it, it, there's no question whatsoever that the mechanics and what she would do uh, in order to help publicize the book, is going to be significantly more than you or I could do.
0: Oh, absolutely! Uh, especially, she, especially when you go in and like, uh, you know, do it with a with a small group of people.
1: Absolutely. Well, and plus, she she can go out and and go to her networking group, uh, which is you know thousands, uh, mm. and and say, hey, everybody, support these people by going out and buying the individual book. Yeah. So all sorts of things that she can do. Yeah, and, and again, it's one of those, and, and to get back to your point, Robin has, and let's talk about the industry for a second. We all went through this, I don't know if you've heard, there's been this uh, this virus thing going on.
0: What What are you talking about?
1: I, I, I'm sorry, sorry if I broke it to you. Is your daughter out of the room? I don't wanna, I don't wanna you know. Well, it's set. okay, it's coming through headphones. Okay. No. <laughs> um, and we've all had to make that transition from selling uh, to servicing to the how can we help you know all of that kind of fun stuff, um, and that includes her. And and uh, she has she has been putting together a ton of resources uh, that are and and some of them. And this is where we're I am a customer. I am a satisfied client. Uh, technologymarketingtoolkit.com is her is her website. Um, and, and I, some of it may be actually available out to the general public. I'm not 100% sure, uh, but she has been cranking out all sorts of resources, both in terms of helping companies manage with the changes, uh, resources, and Datto's done a good job on this as well for, for what to do uh, in case your organization or, or someone you know is, is uh, uh, in need of some economic help from the government or the like. Um, as well as some, some, uh, make now, now it's time to make, start making that transition where we actually do want to start marketing again, but with a very, very different message. And she's starting to put, uh, produce some resources for that as well. And, you know, we're developing our own as well.
0: So, uh, what other, what other things have you, that, that you would recommend you know, there's there's all these tools out there like, you know, Robin Robbins and uh, Gary Pika and like all these all these different experts out there. What what other ones have you signed up for that you recommend?
1: So, first of all, is you need to do you need to do a serious assessment of what you need and what you got.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Uh, because resources that you don't need or you're not gonna use are waste of money. And right now, waste of money is not a good thing to do. So if, if you look at it from an internal standpoint, uh, where uh, we're basically not doing well from uh, a standpoint of how do we allocate our resources, our number one resource being, being people. So are we allocating our technicians properly? Are we doing things in a way to maximize our, our profitability uh, or our performance, really, because uh, it gets back to the we want to do more with less. We want to be uh, more sure. productive in terms of how many devices, how many organizations, how many employees, how many whatever can we support with as few uh, uh, technicians, uh, dollars, however you want to you want to evaluate that energy, uh, as possible. That's where I think the true methods, Gary Pika, all of that. Uh, from what I've seen, and we are Gary Pika. Uh, we actually started using them in December. Uh, where we're not fully implemented at all uh, but i've 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 liked some of their stuff uh, and I'll probably be sticking with that for at least the, the rest of the year. Uh, that's where I think Gary does does very well indeed. Uh, then you have the whole question of, well, how do you market? Um, if you're not marketing, you know how, how do you plan on growing and all that kind of fun stuff there are, and the one thing I will say about marketing is I am very, very suspicious about services that allow you to abdicate your marketing uh in other words if they're basic like the appointment setters oh my god uh i get so many emails so many linkedin requests so many this that or the other thing who are basically going to will set your qualified leads uh no and this kind of gets back to the ceo book uh just like a ceo of, of one of our clients can't abdicate all aspects of technology over to MSP internal IT anything. Uh, I would say the same thing goes for the CEO of an MSP cannot abdicate all aspects of marketing or sales to anybody either internal to the organization or or certainly not external as a third party. Um, and, and and so there's there's a number of programs out there, and then you know you've also got programs like the 20. Uh, all of that kind of fun stuff and there's other groups that are doing some of the marketing as well um, it, it, it has it has to fit into your culture your organization your vision of, of, of what you need and what what you want to be able to do uh, And then talk to your peers uh, you, you know because anybody who basically says we can solve your problems absolutely 100% guaranteed By the way, what are your problems?
0: <laughs> that's that's fair so um so you you're not a fan of all these like you know they almost seem like fly-by-night operations that that want to sell you leads i'm sure you get 18 offers a day from india and pakistan to redo your website uh you know that stuff just kind of gets old
1: well and and, and and they're basically just throwing crap on the wall and seeing what sticks and and right. nothing against from where they're from because i'm getting People from the U.S. who who are trying to do the same thing. Uh, I really don't care. The the problem is is that at the end of the day, I'm going to talk to a potential client and I don't want to compete on price because that's a killer. Everybody always talks about what keeps me up at night, what keeps me up at night, and it's one word, commoditization. The thing that keeps me up at night above all else is the day that our service is a commodity. Is the day I have to compete on price. And that uh, you don't
0: you don't think that our service is already a commodity?
1: It absolutely is to a certain level. Got it. Okay. And, and if we go back, because I don't know if I made this clear, I'm old. Okay. So old. I, it's incredible. He's not dead yet. <laughs> so I remember, you, you can almost start with a, how many devices could a technician support? And if you look at it from back in the 90s, and let's just say that the technician is, is an average technician, because you're going to have some who are ridiculously competent and others who are ridiculously not so much, but an average technician could not support as many devices back in the 90s as they could today. Because back then, the hardware components themselves needed managing the video cards, the extra memory, the configuration for it, the network adapters, those couldn't be taken, you, know, you couldn't take those for for uh, granted. You had, so our technicians weren't as as uh, good. Now, that stuff's a commodity. Nobody gives a damn about the graphics card unless you really need some graphics power, which is unusual. Usually it's, oh yeah, it's good enough. Oh, this is yeah. good enough. If I need to add more memory, I look it up online, order it, pop it in, boom. Boom! Done. So
0: I don't have that luxury. <laughs> I run Apple
1: computers, and and that's fine. That really <laughs> is. That's good. Good for you. Good for you, good little for, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Virtual <laughs> pat on the head from a six foot distance. Uh huh. Uh huh. Communist. No, but <laughs> no, but but it's one of those where. So as, as the commoditization of that service rises, we then have to stay above that. So okay, we're not gonna, you know, the desktops are commodities, so our value add's gonna be the servers. Okay, servers are becoming a commoditization. Our value add's gonna be the virtualization. It's gonna be the high availability. It's going to be the failover. It's going to be the business continuity. So as the stuff, as the commoditization rises, we have to have our, our value add service rise as well and that's the thing that keeps me awake is because if we don't do that then we then we start sinking into the commoditization trap. I
0: I just thought it was all the, the coffee that kept you awake Bob you
1: you I seem like
0: you seem like you never sleep.
1: I'll sleep when I'm dead which okay. again hasn't happened yet who knows who knows what I,
0: I just want to know how are you so amped up like how how much cocaine do you do?
1: Oddly <laughs> <laughs> enough, I don't drink coffee, never have. Uh, I don't, I hate beer. Um, and and this it's, it sounds like it's a, it's a you know, a whatever. I've never done any drugs whatsoever. I'm a, I'm a control freak. Uh, from the standpoint of I am absolutely 100%, I've, I've got to be in control, mm-hmm. uh, relatively speaking. And so the, the thought of doing any kind of drugs or whatever scares the bejeebers out of me. I've, and that that includes, you know, I've t- I'll take ibuprofen. That's about the, the, the sure. happiest drug I've taken. Uh, and, and that's not a slam against anybody else. I mean, obviously, I've got some opinions on that. Um, I've never really been drunk. Uh, you know, hmm. I, I'll, I'll drink wine and I drink occasionally some uh, cider. Uh, And that's, that's about as far as it goes.
0: And, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I've never, uh, I've never tried any drugs or anything like that either. But, you know, after being in the house 24 hours a day with my kids for the last three, four weeks, I'm thinking it might not be such a bad thing to start (laughs) using drugs heavily. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. And it's absolutely, you know, when I was in, when I was in college, um, my first time, which was back in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, I would get invited to the parties where the drugs were flowing freely because they knew, A, that I wasn't going to condemn people or, or you know preach to people or whatever. I wasn't going to rat them out. And that way there would be someone who was sober and straight there in case anybody had problems. That was the dumbest decision anybody ever made because I just had lots of fun traumatizing the stone people. <laughs> And, and, and there was this great tree outside. I went to, to Hiram College, uh, small, uh, about an hour northeast of here. Um, and and there was this huge tree in pitch black. It was lit up to about 10 feet. And then it was pitch, pitch black up, up, up uh, above it. And at 2 a.m., I would get like 15, 20 stone drunk people up in the tree as far high as they could go. And then I'd go home. You know,
0: and that that was my idea of a fun time. It it sounds like an amazing time,
1: it really was. It really was,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh! All right, so, so you know, we've kind of lightly touched on this whole virus thing, so tell me more about this virus, Bob. How's how's this? (laughs) No, how, how. Is your business doing right now?
1: I it's it's early, and and the question is not how is our business doing. The question is how are how are our clients doing? Yeah, because as a service provider, we're fine until the clients aren't. And it's one of those where uh, you look at the situation going on, uh, where we really have just put out our first set of monthly bills within the past week or so, because this is uh, early April. Yep. Um, and we're, we went through the whole process of uh, a, a, of, of connecting with clients, like, hey, how can we help, all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, and we're cognizant that we don't wanna do too much of that. So we went through a regimen of about two or three emails to clients saying, hey, here's some specific resources, here's something we can do, call us. Uh, beyond that, it's a, we've had one client who's talked to us about uh, potential challenges for them making payments on time, and, and we're working with them on that. Uh, we're also doing uh, uh, webinars. We do two webinars a week uh, on work from home issues and topics, and those are free and open to everybody. We also made it so it's available to any MSP who wants the slide deck. Uh, we'll give you the slide decks. We've got a, a site out that's got, I think we're up to five or six of them now. Um, and, uh, so far, so, and this is, this is my office, uh, that I'm working out of. Uh, I'm pretty much the only one here. Uh, everybody else is working from home, although we'll get the occasional tech will come here. Uh, we've made it so that technicians aren't allowed to go on site without, uh, approval from either ops manager, uh, tech director, or myself. Um, you know, we're making do, how are you doing?
0: You know, I, uh. I'm fine so far. Um, you know, I'm I'm in an interesting place. You know, I've my MSP clients so far so good. Knock on wood. Um my my rocket MSP clients, it's like I'll be fine with rocket MSP as long as my clients are fine, as long as their clients are fine. Right. Because you know, I start you know, it's it's almost like a weird MLM thing where <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've got the we've got the pyramid as as long as all of these people are making money i'll be making money
1: well, and that's and that's true and, and people don't understand that at any point in time any interruption at any pl- part of your food chain will have an impact and and if you think about it from the standpoint of you have your client your client's client your client's client client as well as all of their suppliers as well as your suppliers as well as your employees and you have that issue of who's the weak, who's the weakest link in that chain, and any one of them could be could be impacted. You just don't know.
0: It's us, Bob. We're the
1: weakest link. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, no question. I'm not even part of a chain. I'm just a link left there on the ground. Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. So, so uh, how is how is your family doing?
1: Uh, well, my wife is a nurse, as I mentioned. I mean, spoiler alert: they're all fine. Uh, thanks for asking. My wife is a nurse, but she's a nurse at a hospital that does elective surgeries. So her time has actually gone down right now. Now, again, beginning of April, so we're at a point where we are still waiting for that curve to, to hit the high point, but hopefully it's happening sooner rather than later. Um, and she, unfortunately, is extremely, uh, extremely uh, talented uh, with arts and crafts and that sort of thing. And she ended up making uh, masks. Uh, And she had, she ended up doing them for the kids. Uh, And again, two of our daughters are uh, uh, nurses at uh, NICU. So they take care of, you know, premature babies and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, So they're, you know, uh, uh, busy. Um, Yeah, I bet. They're gonna be real busy
0: in about eight or nine months.
1: Oh yeah, there's that, there absolutely is that. Uh, and then one of uh, my daughter's husband is a police officer, and so then she had coats. So my wife, as of this morning, I was talking to her, uh, and she's made it like 120 masks, uh, and she's just cranking them out. And, and please do not, anyone watching this, do not request masks for my wife because she will do it. Um,
0: I could use like five.
1: <laughs> just put in, put in the order. She gave me a special mask. It was clear plastic and and because she wants me to be especially uh uh protected i just have to put it all the way over my head and then tie it around the yeah
0: neck. yeah and
1: she said she said that that, <laughs> that will solve all of the health problems
0: you know i yeah. actually saw a picture floating around and it, you know and i had a fun meme attached to it uh-huh. but there was a woman riding around in one of those uh uh shopping carts for the people that can't get around too well in walmart and stuff so there's this woman riding around in one of these carts she's wearing like shorts short sleeve shirt she's got some like dish gloves on like the rubber yellow rubber gloves Uh and then she's got a clear bag over her head (laughs) tied at the
1: neck and you like why (laughs) (laughs) that's where that's why i don't get on tinder
0: (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was because you were happily married
1: there's that too well my wife and i have because we're both on our second marriage and and we have this agreement um that if we ever do get divorced or split or whatever that it's her responsibility to find my next wife and 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 this would be the kind she she will occasionally point at someone go okay that's your number three that's your number three. And uh-huh. this woman would absolutely qualify.
0: Uh-huh. So she, she always points at the the most awful, ridiculous person and says that's your number I, three.
1: I never thought of it that way. But yes, I suppose you could be right. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. Uh, if you've never thought of it that way, Bob, <laughs> then there's something wrong with you.
1: Where do we begin? <laughs>
0: uh-huh. So is that a, am I seeing a basketball behind you? No, it's actually
1: a uh, football Okay. It's signed by, it's a Peyton Manning autograph football.
0: I, uh, I, they all look like sports balls to me. Like that's.
1: <laughs> and that's about it. And actually, uh, Robin Robbins, uh, she has an annual, one of the things that, that's really good about her organization is uh, the peer uh, cooperation. And uh one thing that she does every year is uh, she has what's called the Better Your Best, where the MSPs will, hey, here's how we improved. Here's and they share their stuff and all of that. And we were a finalist last year. We didn't win. Um, <clears throat> absolutely, the appropriate person won. Uh, but all of the final. Peyton Manning was the was the special guest speaker uh, at the uh, boot camp, which is oh, that's Quarterly. Cool. Corporate- yeah, and and uh, the finalists were given a football autograph by Peyton Manning. Now, my sports, my interest in sports, sounds like it will be about with yours. I mean, uh-huh. None. Yeah. Um, I know who the guy is, and I know he's very good, but I don't really care.
0: I um, see. I'm I'm so bad at sports. Is he the deflate gate guy?
1: No, he's the guy who does all the pizza and the State Farm commercials.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't watch commercials though.
1: Which actually he's very good at, and I'll give him credit for that. Um, Hmm. But apparently that's like five or 600 bucks on eBay.
0: Well, you know, just wait until this pandemic's over and you might get eight or nine.
1: Well, it depends on the cash flow situation. It may go sooner than that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but if you you try selling it in like two or three months, you might only get 50 bucks for it. That's true. that's, That's the problem. Like, yeah, you might you might yeah. want to sell some things because you've got a cash flow problem. Yeah. And everyone else has a cash flow problem.
1: And, and there's going to be a huge, and, and that's actually part of the discussion that's going on through the industry right now is what do you do? So is now the time to discount? Is now the time to talk to clients who are having cash flow problems? Because if you discount now, how do you come back to your original pricing once that we get through this? you know
0: so I would say that you can't you're screwed.
1: Well it, and part of it is is how do you, how do you go through that because the, and we actually did a YouTube video on this uh, about two weeks ago the the various levels of, of uh, emails that we're getting from our vendors and whomever uh, offering support and you know hope and prayers and all that kind of fun stuff it, it Is you to just do a brush stroke, Boom! Here's our discount offering. Here's our special. I, I think that's suicide because you're basically saying, you know, we were making too much money from you before. We're willing to make a little less now.
0: Yeah. So, so the one thing that I'm hearing people do is, uh, you know, I I understand you're you're having some trouble. I'd be willing to work with you, and you know, maybe waive a month or uh i i know one guy said instead of the net 15 you're on i'll give you net 90 right for three months or six months or whatever however long we think this is going to last but in order to get that you you're you've got like seven months left on your agreement i need a 36 month agreement
1: right and, and that's the and i think that's that's a key thing is that you want to try to turn it into a quid pro quo now and, and, and one of the things that I think is critical is you have to know the client you're talking to and you have to have at least a feel for what, what level of pain they're really at mm-hmm. because you don't, you don't want to kick them when they're down. You don't want to force them into something that's not going to be worthwhile. Right. Uh, by the same token, you want to make sure that it is something that is, yeah, this will help you, but it's not going to be a long term thing. And, and I think that can even be a, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I will give you a 30% discount, but then I'm going to look for for the next three months, but then I want to add another 30% onto your account for three months starting in January, you know? So you're basically deferring the cost or or something along those lines. Uh, Because to me, at at the end of the day, you want to be able, and this is one of the, because we don't do long-term contracts. Ours are 30 day out, you know? And and one of the points I always make is I want to be able to every month for us to look across the table and say, I'm getting value from you, you're getting value from me. In most cases, for me, the value I'm getting is money. okay, uh, and, and cooperation to make sure that we're, we're working together nicely. And I'm willing to basically put that on hold a little bit, but then I want something from you that, that brings it a little bit higher once we get through this. Uh, and, and I I had that talk usually before they even sign, uh, that whole value going both ways, because I'm not looking to screw the client and I'm not looking for a client to look to screw us. It's kind of like the, the, the guy you were talking about at the beginning, uh, would never be, then that's why we, we, we pawned him off on you, sucker. Uh, it is, if you can't see that two way relationship. Of giving each other value and making us at the end of the day going yep we got a good relationship there's value there Uh, if all you're gonna do is just look at it from the standpoint of how much do we pay "Hmm, that's too much it's not going to be a good fit and the only thing worse than a good client getting away is a bad client not
0: (laughs) oh oh boy Uh, so so I, I really like the way you're you're thinking about this and um, i i'm I'm the idiot that keeps his news notifications on during a pandemic. I mm-hmm. just got a, a notification and I can't find the blasted thing. Uh, but oh here it is. Uh, the, here's some great news, Bob. The us oh, is breaking records. USA. 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 We're making new records. The, uh, the daily U.S. death toll topped 1,800 yesterday. Um, some officials are hopeful the country's curve may be flattening. And then I saw somewhere else where, let's see, WHO head says it disappeared.
1: Well, and in other news, Bernie Sanders dropped off. So, obviously, the two of them are linked.
0: Yeah, this is all Biden's fault. (laughs) Trump should have kept that investigation into Biden going. because Because reasons.
1: Unfortunately, it really shouldn't be an alert. Because everybody has basically been saying, we're hopefully starting to flatten out. But if we're starting to flatten out on this side of it, that means the deaths are are going up. So, yeah.
0: And and the, the other thing that, that people aren't even thinking about is all right, so it's it's flattening out. So all right, cool. We can end social distancing, no more stay at stay at home orders, let's all go back to work, let's let's all just go back to how things were a month ago. And then all that's gonna happen is we're just gonna start that thing all over again, right? So when do and I know you're not you're not a scientist you're not an expert in this but this is just two guys having a conversation at this point bob yeah. uh you know when when do we go back to normal is is this the new normal you know is is you know 2 months ago is is it never going to be like that again well, starbucks is closed all <laughs> over ohio bob <laughs> but i don't care Cause but I I don't, I don't drink coffee either, but I really love their strawberry acai refresher. It's so delicious. I have no idea what the hell that means. It's just delicious. Okay, it's a no, sugary, it's a sugary fruity drink.
1: That's the sugary fruity that I get. The the strawberry acai. Yeah, a- yeah. Not a clue. Yeah. Not a clue. I, I'm all about the sh- for the pronunciation. Was
0: <laughs> thank thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. My. Uh, my wife calls it a kai i'm like no it's acai she's like no it's a kai so <laughs> they'll take your money either
1: way yeah pretty much um, Do we just call it a slurpy and be done with it you
0: know? <laughs> it's not it's not a it's not like a frozen thing blended up it's it's a beverage <laughs> it's a
1: beverage here's here's the challenge and this is one of the things that i i find absolutely fascinating um and, and, and I'm going to get a little bit technical and probably also very inaccurate on a couple of points here.
0: That's the by only en- type of information I like to spread, by the way.
1: There you go. There you go. By and large, the human being, as we're born, you know, from a hardware and a software standpoint, are the same critters that were born prior to the first guy who said sharp sticks are a great idea. Okay? Uh, and at that point in time, uh, the human being – was not we were more prey than hunter uh, from the standpoint of of we were more of of a meal for animals than we were killing animals and making meals because we just aren't good at at killing animals unless you know they're very small, very slow, and very stupid. okay? And we really, from an evolutionary standpoint, haven't changed much, which means that there are two things. From, from an evolutionary standpoint, there are two things that human beings react to immediately. And the first one is fear. The thing that there is something that's going to kill us because we want to live. And so our, our, that fear factor is automatic. It's there. We can't do anything about it, uh, which means scary things scare us. Okay. And the second thing... Impossible. I know. I know. But, you know, if I hear disco, I I get all clammy and and I want to hide and all that because I am scared and frightened of disco.
0: You know, Uh, I have I have the same kind of uh, response whenever uh, whenever I go out for like jogs or do push ups or sit ups or something. It's weird. Like I start having like shortness of breath. My my heart starts racing. I start sweating. Uh, It's insane. I'm actually allergic to exercise. um, So I, I can't exercise.
1: And, and I think that's the best, that's the best solution is not, mm-hmm. you know, what could go wrong with it? So we've got fear. And then the second thing is we want to reproduce. So sex. And when you think about the thing, the two things, whenever anybody talks about marketing, whenever anybody talks about the news cycle, every what is it? It's fear and sex. Those are the two things that sell. Those are the two things that get us to respond, to pay attention to all of those kind of fun stuff. But in a way that makes sense back in the day before the pointy stick thing. And so what ends up happening is we are there for that immediate threat and we we can't, without thinking about it, which slows everything down and makes us so we're not very good at it, we can't actually analyze it to be a threat that is a longer term thing other than that big thing with claws is going to kill us. There may be a line in the brush or anything along those lines. So, from a hardware and a software standpoint, we are totally ill-prepared for this. We're totally ill-prepared for life because we've got the Madison Avenue people. We've got the companies, the businesses, the, the news cycles, everybody who is, oh, boy, if we get people to pay attention, we're going to make more money. <sighs> Maybe if we scare them yeah. or we put a, a sexy looking person up there. So sex and violence, sex and fears, all that kind of fun stuff. And unfortunately, this whole pandemic even takes it a step further from that. We don't get it naturally. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing about the curve, nobody understands it from a gut. We have to understand it by either A, basically accepting the fact that somebody else knows things better than we do. So we'll trust that person. Well, that's gone to hell in a handbasket or we understand it well enough ourselves. So we, we conquer our own internal fears. And, and the problem is going to be, is like you said, there's two ways to get over this, to to get over this as a civilization. Number one is, or three ways. Number one is we stay this way forever. Not going to happen. Uh, number two is enough people catch it, so that it basically there's the, the the herd concept goes away, and it burns itself out because it can't find other people to 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 give to, uh, to to transfer transfer the 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 virus over. Or number three, there's a vaccine, and the vaccine is given out and distributed to enough people. Those are the only three solutions. And and so it's going to be a while. And and so you get that whole point. Well, okay, it burns out, it it goes away. Hey, let's all go out and build places again. And it starts all over again, hopefully yeah. to a much lesser degree.
0: Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm like freaking out internally because uh, I don't know what it is. I think maybe I'm just phlegmy, but I've I've got like a cough today, and it's it's freaking me out, man. I I think uh, I, I I think because of this pandemic, every little thing is now making me and a lot of people um, paranoid and worried about things that they normally wouldn't worry about, and and like just, you know and then here's another perfect example, you know i I've, I've got a family member. And I don't remember if I talked about this on yesterday's recording or not, because these are all starting to blur together. Um, But I've got a family member who he posted about how there were, you know, all these millions of of flu cases in the last or or in like this three or six month period from like October to February or whatever it was that he posted. And and because of all these like millions of flu cases, there were all of these millions of people that got hospitalized. And there were all these hundreds of thousands of people that died. And and it worked out to be like 10,000 people a month or something like that. Like a lot of people died because of the flu in, in a period of time at the end of 2019 into the beginning of 2020. And... And he said, "So you know, people get sick. Stop, stop being babies, you you stupid liberal, blah 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 blahs, and and stop closing everything down and just go go treat life normally." And I think um, I don't really. I I think I used to be like a liberal person. I think I'm not now. I don't know what I am now. To be completely honest, <laughs> but uh, but now I'm like. I, I like to think I just err towards co- common sense, um, something that I can't do often, but <laughs> uh, so, so my response to him, and I didn't bother replying because I don't yeah. have the, the patience to get into an internet argument with somebody, it's not worth it, but my response to that type of thinking is, the reason that we haven't had that many deaths yet when you you know you're calling uh, what we have right now the the baby brother or whatever, the, the baby cousin to the flu. The reason we haven't had that many deaths is because we're staying at home. We had 1,800 people die in a single day. You don't think we couldn't have 10,000 people die in a month. And this is with people staying at home and wearing homemade masks. Like you are a fool if you don't think that um, that this is a, a real problem. Um,
1: and, yeah, and, and yeah. part of the part of the challenge is that again, the concepts, the the, the average person, and it includes myself, uh, is not going to get the nuance and the details behind behind the whole. Way that the, the transmission happens and all of that kind of fun stuff. And the term common sense really doesn't apply because it isn't common. This is unique, this is different. So, and, and, and yet we've gotten to the point from a society standpoint that we now tend to, uh, we, we basically criticize or, or we don't trust expertise. Uh, we don't trust someone whose job it is to be an expert on this. And you can look at it from a climate state uh, standpoint. You can look at it from a vaccine standpoint. Uh, you can look at it from certainly the, the, the virus standpoint. Uh, you can look at it, honestly, from our standpoint, is how many clients basically say, when we talk to them about cybersecurity, they say, oh, our company's not a target. We're not vulnerable. And we're going to say, well, no, you absolutely are, because you don't understand the complexity of the vulnerability and the tools. And then that same person who is talking about cybersecurity turns around and says, oh, we should all go out and party. Some of us will get sick. Maybe some of us will die. But it's the best thing to do. Because yeah, we, should they're have, that...
0: we should have coronavirus parties. There like, you go. like when we were little and, and or when you were little and they sent you off to all your friends when uh, when someone got chicken pox.
1: Absolutely. Because chicken pox was eminently survivable and there was no alternative. <laughs> yeah. So That's let's true. do exactly that. And b- why? Because that way you get it done with and you move on. The problem here is that and we talk about the death you know, the percentage, which is roughly, it's under 1%, is whatever, but we don't talk about all of the other people who require significant health healthcare. Uh, you know, the respirators and all of that kind of fun stuff, which we're not prepared to do, and the exponential growth and all that. And it's, it's the math behind all that really starts looking very, very bad to the folks who are saying, no, what we should do is we should just go ahead and 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 suck it up and you know take a virus for the team. I uh,
0: I don't I don't like doing things for teams. I actually don't even like Microsoft Teams.
1: I was gonna say you're a Zoom guy, so that's okay. Take one yeah. for the Zoom.
0: You, you know what's funny is uh, a buddy of mine he he added me to his Teams so he and I can can play around with it and learn it, and I said okay, but I'm gonna add you to my Zoom. So I actually, I don't know if you even know this, but Zoom has this whole like chat feature built into it. So um, I wish I could share this window, but I I can't. It doesn't let you. So with with Zoom, you can actually create um, like channels similar to Slack or Teams, and you can invite. Your contacts into these channels, and you can have group messages. It even has a screenshot button for people that are too dumb to figure out how to make a screenshot and then paste it into the. Yeah, it even has that. Um, I mean, it has a lot of things that are really similar to Slack, and I'm I'm kind of impressed by it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I didn't realize Zoom was as as capable as it actually is. Mm-hmm.
1: No, it's a great product i mean and i think they're finally they're finally taking they nailing down some of their security issues uh as well as uh, i think one of the main things is as long as you don't let people uh join uh, the meetings anonymously i think that's one of the biggies as well All right we're, we're big on you know we eat our dog food so we're pretty much a team's only as far as what we do and how we communicate with people
0: so um you know earlier we were talking about co-managed and i actually want to get back into co-managed before before we wrap up sure. with with co-managed what does co-managed it look like through uh simplex it
1: so the whole concept of co-managed it services and and if you you think about it from the standpoint of of really from from the the client standpoint because that's what really matters uh is that What we're trying to do is we're trying to create a relationship between the two IT organizations. And on our standpoint, what we try to do is we try to raise them up, the internal IT folks, give them access to all of our tools, all of our portals. So they can do ticketing, they can do uh, RMM, they can do uh, management, firewalls, all of that kind of stuff. All of the portals that we use, we give them access to in order to support their organization. So it's not one of those, because there's also what we call the silo approach The silo approach would be, we'll do backups, you do everything else. We'll do the firewall, you do everything else, which is great, but we're starting to get into a commodity because that's easy to put in, it's easy to manage, but it's also easy to get rid of and easy to be replaced. And you're not necessarily helping that person except for in that one little area, that one little category. Uh, The other thing we often see is what we call seagulls. And seagulls are the vendors who come in out of nowhere do a project they'll do an upgrade They'll do whatever squawk drop a lot of crap make a lot of noise and then leave and they leave the internal IT people with usually minimal uh, support documentation training in order to maintain or manage it so they got to call that the seagull back every time to fix things yada 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 in our particular case and there's different levels of comments from our perspective uh but it, it's we really want our, the internal IT person to basically become an extension of us in terms of they know our tools they're using our documentation our best practices our scripts all of that kind of thing to keep on doing their jobs uh, and we're an extension of theirs meaning that if they have issues they have challenges or the like they can call on us we've already got access to their network to their stuff to so already know what they've got and we can split that so that you may have an IT department who's really, really good at desktops and users, not so much on servers. So we'll do a full managed service agreement from the server standpoint, from the infrastructure standpoint, but a comments level in terms of uh, the desktops and the end users, or vice versa. Uh, And the way we do it is you have access to all the tools, you have access to all the, the processes we use, the portals we use, we'll give you training for that stuff as well. If you have any questions on anything you're dealing with, Call us, ask us, we'll give you advice for free. No problem whatsoever, so we're not going to run up the bill. And the stuff that we're responsible for, we'll do automatically. And if you ever need to escalate something, so let's say there's something in your area that you're having a problem with, and either you don't have the time or you don't have the expertise, you want us to do it, fine, escalate the ticket. That'll be an additional billable, but they know it's billable because they're the ones who escalated it.
0: So what does um pricing look like for co-managed it with with that type of model where you're really you're really empowering them to operate like an msp with right. all these big fancy tools so what does pricing look like is it more or less than regular msp
1: it's definitely less than regular msp because they're doing some of the work and maybe sure. a majority of it So if you think about it from a standpoint, of, first of all, it it totally depends on your pricing, because one of the things we wanna do for MSPs is we want it to parallel what their current, what we call pure MSP offering is. So we don't want them to come up with something completely different, that they have to have two sales processes, two costing pricing processes, two, you know, we want it to be as as integrated as possible uh, when we talk to other MSPs because we are doing some coaching with uh, MSPs on that. Sure. Um, And w- w- what ends up happening is if you take a look at it from a costing standpoint, first of all, you've got your costing for your tools, your stamps, what we call it, you know, software, technology, methodologies, practices, all that kind of fun stuff. So they're still buying or they're still paying for all of those stamps because they're using them, okay? So you include those costs. The difference is, is that your technicians are still engaged in terms of managing those stamps, managing those tools, but they're not engaged in terms of proactively or reactively doing the stuff, that's the job of the internal IT person. So from a cost standpoint, it's the tech, it's however you define that cost in your costing equation, you're not, and you're not dropping it 100% because you're still offering advice So let's say it's a full co okay, which means that the internal IT is responsible for working on everything, you're responsible for making sure all of the tools work, and you're responsible for giving them advice, but they're responsible for doing the work unless they escalate. And if they escalate, then they're paying for it, okay? In which case, you take a look at, at the cost of all of the tools, you include that, you take a look at the cost of your technicians Or the pricing of your tech cost of your technicians, and you discount that in your terms of your equation by a high percentage. And by a high percentage, I mean we may be talking 80% because you're not doing the work, but not 100 percent because you're still managing the tools and you're still giving advice. And then
0: so so if you're we're we're gonna just use some basic numbers. Sure. Uh, if if you're usually charging 200 a user for msp services. Okay. And I'm going to I'm going to use a lower number. I usually recommend 70% profit margin. Okay. Uh, but we'll use we'll use 50% just because that's an easier number to work with. Sure. So so $100 a profit margin uh and then $100 in costs. Okay. Um
1: so the first thing I would say of of that $100, how much of that is your technician's time that you're including in that cost?
0: Uh 55
1: Okay, so of that fifty-five, I would discount that by up to like eighty percent.
0: So you're only saying discount the fifty-five. You're not Lobby. saying discount. That's
1: it. That's you're not saying discount
0: the two hundred.
1: Good God, no. So uh, what we would do is this is a great example. So, so you've got a hundred bucks in profit. Throw that aside. We don't care about that right now. So you've got uh, forty-five dollars is is your is your tool cost, okay. Mm-hmm. Fifty-five dollars is your technician cost. Let's discount it eighty percent. So eighty percent, or so we're, we're going to charge twenty percent. So we're going to charge eleven bucks
0: mm-hmm.
1: for that. So you got forty-five bucks plus eleven bucks. So fifty-six dollars is your cost. Okay. Now, how do you want to profit that? That's up to you. But that would be that would be basically your your price your cost to go with a full combit which means that you're going to give them access to the tools, access to everything, blah, blah, blah. You give them some advice when stuff is coming up. But anything that they actually want you to do, you would charge extra for.
0: So how, um, and I'm not asking you for pricing and all that, but if you were to look at your profit margin on MSP services, what, what would you think you're at, roughly?
1: Yeah, I would go we're we're probably about uh seventy
0: okay. And do 70, you 80%. what what would you say your profit margin is on
1: comets? Oh it's the same.
0: Okay. So so you, you should still have the same profit margin, it's just gonna be a different price because right. there's there's typically lower costs when you're doing right. comets. And and with the comets though. There are some things that are actually going to make it cost more. Uh, Autotask or ConnectWise, whichever one you might be using, they've they've got their their co-managed IT portal where you can give streamline um, IT. Yeah, so right. so you you know you got to resell that.
1: We include that as far of as course,
0: yeah. of course, but that all that adds to your costs. Absolutely. So, you know, some of these things will increase costs, other things like less time from your technicians, lower costs. Right. So that that's all I was I was getting at. But oh, the cool absolutely. thing, the cool thing about, you know, using using your PSA and giving them access to it is now they can literally just click a button on a ticket and say, "Can you guys do this for us?"
1: Well, but take that a step further also, because one of the things we always want to do is we want to try to have that stickiness factor as far as our clients. go. we want them to stay with us. We want it to be a great relationship. It's oh, one- would that
0: suck if they had to lose their PSA? Yeah.
1: yeah. Absolutely. And do you think for a second they're going to look to anybody else to do any other projects they've got? Yeah. Or think, I mean, it's just one of those where you're really creating a relationship. And there's a there's a catch to this you're really creating a relationship where both part, we all want success. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all in it together. You know, the the client is, the internal IT folks are, and you are. So we're all working for that win-win-win situation. And you're gonna know, you know, the happiness factor, you're gonna know, because they're gonna give you the feedback, as long as it's a good relationship and all that kind of fun stuff. And any project that comes up, you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. Uh, any add on you're going to get any, anything going on, it, there's no question you're going to get that.
0: Sure. And, and with, with all of that, you know, you've, you've got that stickiness. MSPs love stickiness, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's why we, you know, r- literally resell them everything they've got. Right. And that's why we start getting into more things that we probably have no business doing like web design and, um, VoIP phones and all this other stuff that we shouldn't be doing. Uh, I'm looking at my son as he's as he's rocking the chair like a monster, and he knows he shouldn't be doing that right now because Daddy's recording. <laughs> <sighs> I love kids, Bob I'm telling you it's great having them home all day long absolutely it would be even it would be even better if they were outside playing right now.
1: there you go. Go find the sharp stick kid. It is a toy. <laughs> uh,
0: I hate kids. I love my kids, but I hate kids in general. All right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's why we get ourselves into things that we have no business doing. And then again, because we're, we're, we're becoming like okay at a lot of things instead of masters of like one or two things. You right. know. Which which takes us right back to the beginning of this conversation when you said you owe that that IT guy a great big apology. Because you know, the more we get ourselves involved in the the less time we have to devote to every one of those things.
1: Absolutely. And, and one of the things that we get into trouble with is by pretending that we are experts on things we're not. Uh, I am an idiot on so many things, and I'm very, very good at it. Uh, and if you look at, at least in my case, uh, and I think history in general, uh, nine out of ten is the cover-up that causes the problem. You know? uh and i truly believe that this planet we are we're basically it's a circle of idiots you know we're all idiots i like that on topics and it's just that when we're when we're offering services or we're being professional we're being professional on the services or the the topics that we actually know something about we, uh,
0: we should turn that into a cover song by the way
1: i actually did i i started um a, a group and this was 15, 16 years ago where we we tried to make uh, uh, humorous videos on YouTube about mm-hmm. technology and we actually did one called Circle of Idiots where we had a person berate somebody for being an idiot on something and then that person turned around and demonstrated they're being an idiot on something else to somebody else and then blah, blah, blah and it went full circle. We had will the circle be unbroken playing in the background.
0: Oh my see and I was thinking Circle of Life, turn it into a cover song, Circle of Idiots.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Elton John would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well well Bob, is there is there anything else that that you think people should know right now besides everything?
1: Everything, you know. Uh one is is if you are interested in co managed IT services, there is a Facebook group. Uh just Look on Facebook, co managed IT, IT services, co managed IT services. And I do some webinars on, on that stuff as well. Nice. Uh, the other thing is, is is everybody often thinks of strategy as chess. It isn't, it's poker. And <laughs> nowhere is truer than where we're at right now. One of the <laughs> most fascinating things about this situation we're in is the lack of data. And everybody, or, or a lot of people talk about lack of data as if, as if it's the fault of somebody, and there is that, and, and to be sure. But more of the like is we have no way of collecting the data, so the data does not exist right now, and it's not going to for a while. So all of us, in a game of chess, you see all the pieces, you know all the legal moves, there's only one player, you know, it, it's, a, it's a huge number of options, but it's a finite number of options. In poker it's not you know the player you're going against uh, but you don't necessarily know the strategy that's being used and you're not going to in this situation either so and I actually have to go right quickly I have a delivery at the door oh, so give, go give, for give, it. give me a second
0: <laughs> so uh, here let's let's talk about something about bob um, bobs a great guy i like bob he's um uh, that's funny listening I, i'm gonna see if i can mute him real quick so so bob also uh like you said he coaches people on the co managed stuff mm-hmm. check out his his facebook uh check out his books you can find them on amazon i bet uh bob this is gonna be a really dumb question yeah. i've always called you bob coppage but somebody recently pronounced your last name copage which copage okay so um all right. So look up Bob Coppage, Coppedge, C-O-P-P-E-D-G-E, uh, on Amazon. You can get his books over there. Um, look him up on Facebook, LinkedIn, Tinder, Grinder. He's he's all over the place, man.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it's my I because my wife and I actually we did meet online uh, back in 2000. We met on AOL of all places.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And you used AOL.
0: We used AOL. She still does. My I'm like, I know. think I'm disappointed in you. I mean, me People being that. on AOL in 2000, I couldn't help because I was like 16, Bob. Okay, <laughs> I did whatever my mom told me to do. <laughs> but you were at least 65 by then.
1: I did more, more like 105. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Actually, I can I can even talk about the CompuServe days or the Fidonet days.
0: So. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. actually don't remember Fidonet. I do remember CompuServe. I remember AOL. Yeah. I remember that awful noise that would happen when you had to dial in.
1: Joking snake. Uh. <laughs> yep. My CompuServe was 72117.165 at CompuServe.com.
0: I have no idea what <laughs> you just said to me. Um, I just vaguely recall us using that for our internet provider. I also remember uh, my mom would have us every now and then, back before the AWOL days, we'd log into some BBS. Yeah,
1: that would be Fidonet or something along those lines.
0: And I have no idea why I would log into it, because I would check my mail, newsflash, there was none. Uh, i was i was like five okay i had zero emails yep. um and then uh i think on that on that on thing it had a mud a multi-user dungeon mm-hmm. and i would i would play this this game where like oh there's you're in a room with a lantern and Adventure. there's three doors then i'm like oh Go through the left door. Like <laughs> and then my mom gets the bill. She's like, How long were you on that stupid game? I'm like, I don't know, like six hours one day. She's like, <laughs> she's so mad. Because I didn't know that stuff costed money. Yeah, I, remember. I had no idea, man. So Bob, this has been fun, man. Thank yeah, you for uh, thank you for a great conversation. You are welcome back anytime. I would I would cool. love to have you. Please stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, I, I wish you the best with, with your clients. Uh, if you if you need if you need an introduction, I know a guy. His name's Guido. He can help you collect.
1: There you go. There
0: right. you go. Take care, everybody.